it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no! It isn't the breeze, it's Jackson time. La da da da. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I am joined by Kathy Fuller's Healy and John Henderson's hand. And <laughs> there, something's gone. Anyway, we are glad to have you folks back. We are presenting uh, an early episode of the Jack Benny television show. And uh, of course, like always, if you catch this on Spotify, the actual app, you have to have the app either on your computer or on your phone or whatever. You'll be able to watch us and watch the episode that we are talking about. Every place else that you're listening to this, you'll be able to listen to the episode, which is cool too, but some of the episodes lend themselves to be watched. I guess this is one that you'd like to watch more because uh, we will, I mean, it's, I don't think it's spoiling anything to say eventually you're going to see Jack in a dress and things, and that's always kind of fun. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to hear Jack in a dress, which is strange, but <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um Kathy, why don't you explain what this is and why we are presenting it in this unique, strange way? Well, well, uh, sure. I'm delighted that someone out there in the Bennyverse was able to find uh, uh, the soundtrack, somehow acquire it. Um, the, the soundtrack is from the March 9, 1952 live version of the episode where uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen visit the Benny show. Uh, but um, and this was the most controversial episode he'd ever done because he because Jack Benny dresses as Gracie Allen. Uh, so this fan out there somehow found the audio track of the live episode and has spliced it over the visual track of Jack. Despite this being the most controversial episode he ever did, he loved the idea so much that um, uh, two years later or a year later he uh, was able to record the, do it on uh, film and record the episode. And so uh, this Benny fan has taken the earlier audio from the live show and spliced it to the visual of the recorded show. And so it's interesting in one way, just to see the difference, how few differences there were between these two episodes, how closely they copied the script uh, from the live episode when they redid it on tape or film. But then to look for the differences as well as to just enjoy Jack Benny's fabulous imitation of Gracie Allen. Yeah, so. exactly. And I did check, and and there are at least one or two folks that on on YouTube where they say they have this episode with the actual vi video and audio. I don't think they do. I think it's mislabeled of the other one. But I'm still, you know, going to do my due diligence and check. Um, if if one of those episodes does have the whole thing, I'll probably be presenting that instead of this spliced up episode. But sure. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think I'm going to no, look through them. It would be wonderful it. to see it. The few stills I've seen from this original episode, Jack's makeup is a little more pronounced because it was live TV. Yes. So um, uh, so that's how you would you know. So maybe I can tell it that way. Yeah. If, it, yeah. if that's the appropriate vi uh, video visual. Yeah. I, I just I I just am 99% sure it's not. Just like the fact that you can look and oh boy, there's uh, Jack Benny's Christmas show. There are the two versions all over the place of the live version and the video version. The problem is 
every single live version that says it's from 1957 is not that. It is the the studio ver the recorded film version that somebody has just mislabeled because they've looked at it wrong or whatever. And I, I mean, it's a shopping episode. You go, okay, that must be the one, and it's not. So uh, there's by Jack doing these lives and then doing a recreation of the live uh, on film, which he often did, which was very smart to do and and preserve something that they would think oh in future people will just see the film version probably not the live version though we like tend to like the live version almost as much or more than the film version most of the time but you do have where it gets confusing as to which one people are watching um usually a good giveaway is if it's in kinescope it's chances are it's the the live version and if it looks a little cleaner and uh, like it was filmed then it was probably the film version but some of the film versions are in such bad shape that they start to look a little like kinescopes. And then you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm watching, but you just kind of got to figure it out. But anyway, so, so we'll present this. Um, Kathy, was, uh, was there anything uh, on this that you want to point out that stood out between the two versions that you were surprised at or anything you enjoyed? Well, more I, I, was I was interested that the sportsman did a different commercial song uh, on this one because I've really wanted to hear the lucky strike verse of the um fairy song yes. which i don't I think i've ever heard where they get out the instruments and they're talking about as you say it's the real names of the fairies uh yeah coming out of seattle right the tehachapi the this yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, yes so from the 54 show that it's it's quite an elaborate uh sportsman production which yes. we see here but we get to hear something else i and also I like the Bing Crosby I, version of that song so the the black ball yeah. fairy line up in seattle yeah anyway, yeah. yeah yeah that that's a uh, one um bit of lore about this show that laura Leibowitz, i believe also had noted in her big book on the benny television episodes was that in the live version after the performance when jack's back in his dressing room dressed as gracie he crosses his legs or does something, and um, the original 1952 audience supposedly screams in delight because they can see up his dress. Yes. And uh, I listened for that. I didn't quite catch that. So rats. I uh, uh, so I hope my uh, dreams are not spoiled. Yes. But it, that it's there somewhere, and I just missed it. So. Yep. Well, John, uh, Mr. Silent over there. The <laughs> we'll see if your audio even works <laughs> what what did you think of this episode or do you have any anything yeah. you want to point out or anything to us i had seen of course the 1954 version and i love how jack plays gracie and they play it straight instead of doing like jokes about him being in a dress when they're doing the performance or doing some something like that they actually take a real burns and allen skit from like their vaudeville days and they perform that. Even apart from it being Jack Benny, I feel like the material holds up. I think it's very funny. And uh, the difference between uh, the 54 version and the 52 version that I listened to, uh, I noticed the crowd reaction when Jack Benny first comes out to do the bit. I thought it was it being a live performance. You get a better crowd reaction for yeah. that. Jack Benny's delivery is great. George's delivery is, is really good, too. Um, but I've always thought, you know, we've got this 54 one. I'd love to see the live one. Usually the live ones are actually better because they're more energetic and things like that. Mm -hmm. And listening to this, 
I feel satisfied that like, okay, it it's we're not missing much. It sounds like it's yeah. pretty much the same. It sounds okay. like the four version is fine. So we're happy to have that. I did also see actually a clip from a, a 61 version. Um, I was gonna point out the same thing he did again in 61, yeah. yeah. I didn't think that one was quite as good. I thought right. the other yeah. Less, less energy, I think. Well, you tend to, to me, the first time you do something, it tends to, and, and, you, and if it goes over so well that you want to redo it like that many times, usually that first one is epic in some way. And then the next time you capture some of that spirit, you can see how you'd lose maybe more of it as time goes and, on. And so I can only imagine what Benny and Burns's first versions of this were like, because they've been doing it since like 1947. So they've been doing it for years in live performance at stag shows, mm-hmm. uh, at a at, uh, uh, special, you know, Sunday night perform a special show for uh, people in the uh, entertainment community where men took all the women's roles. And it was very much burlesque and over the top. And, and the wives were out in the audience yucking it up. And uh, so imagine uh, uh, what it would have been like there. But John, that's such a good point that the jokes are before Jack dresses up, but no one's making fun, you know, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that is such a, a great point that when he's on stage with George, it's it's straight on. And that mm-hmm. is what upset critics the most. I, um, I went and did some more research in American newspapers for the day and the second and third day after this episode originally aired. And I'd not, before in Benny's archives, I'd seen the reactions of the New York critics which he had had um, uh, faxed, he'd had telegraphed to him out in California. They were really, um, his New York people were really quite worried would um, the outrage over him dressing as a woman uh, uh, outweigh the delight of the comedic performance. And um, New York reaction was about 50-50. And and I found again about 50-50% in places like Indianapolis and Pittsburgh and and places like that. So um, when people objected, they would say, oh, I never think it's funny when a woman puts on a dress. (laughs) We must keep the genders separate for God's sake. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's just strange how times have changed. Uh, The other thing I, I just want to point out that's not about this episode. I just want to fit it in here because this is uh, for our list. For us, it's been a while since we did our last ones, but for my listeners, you know, this it'll been last week or the week before. Anyway, uh, we presented the second existing episode of the Jack Benny show. And I think on that one, either the second or third, you guys can help me out. I'm, I'm going to mess it up yet again, but uh, it's great. They listen to my podcast and see how I mess up Benny history all over the place. But uh, did the first one have Bob Crosby in it, or was it just that? Was it the hillbilly one? Did the hillbilly one have Bob Crosby in it at all? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay, I thought so. So that hillbilly episode, when we were talking about it, I think I was saying, oh, this was at the same time. That, that Bob Crosby came on the radio show and that, that of course, they'd want to feature him over on the television show. But I was looking at the timeline and it doesn't match. It's a year, I'm pretty sure, it's a year before he comes on the radio show is where that one takes place. It'd be the following year 
that he would be joined Jack. So I think what it looks like, and we mentioned how good the performance was with Jack and how much we liked that, that it, it changes my whole viewpoint of this because I'm thinking, well, maybe he performed with Bob a year earlier, liked how that went, and was like, Bob's willing to do my television show and Phil's not, and we're looking at looking losing Phil here anyway, and so maybe I bring Bob over to my radio show and he'll continue on my television show, and it, it, it is what it looks like versus I just always thought that he started in the radio show and then branched out into the television show and that they had that as a plan, you know, from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, see, so that's what I do. I bring further, up interesting things that I'm finding and discovering. We, we could further look to see what he was doing that summer. Did he go on the road? Um, uh, whereas uh, back yeah. in the earlier 40s, he'd have taken Phil with him and maybe he takes Bob Crosby with him. Who knows? So interesting. So there you go, Benny Scholar. It was sitting there staring us in the face all the time, and I just assumed that it was something different. It's kind of like uh, when I thought Rob had appeared on the television show and then went over and joined the radio show, when in reality he'd been on the radio show since 47. And so uh, uh, was it Rob? Roy, Roy. Oh, Roy. Yeah, Roy, Roy, who's, who's, who's uh, Rochester's friend. Yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob's somebody else that, no, he introduces my shows. There you go. And Rob's back, by the way, and I hope you're enjoying him coming back and introducing shows. So that it all works together. You see, it's beautifully, beautifully scripted, my whole presentation here. Anyway, <laughs> is there anything else about this episode we want to point out to folks? Um, it was, it was like you say, daring for the day, something really different that you wouldn't normally get on television. And, uh, Startled yeah. a lot of people, I guess. Only listen to the audio because I've seen the visuals before. So, and I, it worked fine. Of course, you missed some of it. Uh, and if you are just listening, the very last joke that has like the big laugh is the fact that the the uh, studio head gets plaster accidentally dumped on him. So, if oh, you're okay. what's going on, that's what it is. Thank you, John. Thank you, John, for presenting the audio audience a chance to enjoy something. Otherwise, they'd be going, oh, what's happening? Yeah. But yeah. And, you know, if you're catching the audios for these shows, that's going to happen from time to time. Where you're listening, some of it really works. Certainly, the opening monologue is probably going to work fine most of the time. It's just every once in a while, it's not going to work. I mean, I guess the one of the monologues that stands out to me that, of course, wouldn't work too well is the one where uh, Dennis comes out wearing a, a, the head of a animal of some sort i can't remember what where that's from or what's happening there but i would assume the audio version of that you're going what is everyone laughing about and why is what are they talking about Dennis? because i don't think it's ever really mentioned i think that's the whole thing is that they do that bit without really mentioning anything about it and it makes it even funnier so anyway so uh i guess we'll leave it there so enjoy this wonderful episode i'm so thankful for kathy that she found this and i'm so thankful for i don't know who made it but whoever made this episode and, and put these two together. I did, I mean, I kind of knew, I knew the audio was floating around out there somewhere. I mean, I'd heard about that. I'd never really heard it, but uh, but knowing that somebody found that and then decided this creative way to use it, I think that's a really cool idea. So uh, anyway, enjoy, and we'll see you folks next time. Jack Benny program presented by Lucky Strike.
Friends, seeing is believing. And you can actually see for yourself why Lucky's taste better. Yes, you can see with your own eyes that Lucky's are made better to taste better. Watch closely now and listen carefully. On the surface, all cigarettes look alike. But you can uncover the important difference, an inside difference that proves Lucky's are made better to taste better. Take a Lucky and do this. Carefully remove the paper by tearing down the seam from end to end. Do the same thing with any other cigarette. Then compare. Some cigarettes are so loosely packed, they fall apart. Some cigarettes have air spaces in them, hot spots that smoke harsh and dry. Some cigarettes have too many broken shreds and small bits of tobacco, annoying loose ends that spoil the taste. Now look at the heart of your Lucky Strike, a perfect cylinder of fine, mild tobacco. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Long strands of fresh, clean, good-tasting tobacco made into a cigarette so round, so firm, so fully packed, you can actually see why Lucky's taste so fresh and clean and smooth. Yes, friends, there's your proof that Lucky Strike is made to taste better. So for that smooth, fresh, clean taste of fine tobacco, you'll be happy. Go, Lucky. Get a carton of Lucky's today. Be happy. Go, Lucky. Go, Lucky Strike. Phone call for George Burns. Phone call for George Burns. Hello? What? Gracie is not there either? Well, keep trying. Oh, oh there you are, George. Have you found Gracie? No, John, and I've looked everywhere. What are we going to do? Jack's program goes on in 10 minutes, and you and Gracie are supposed to be the guest stars today. Don, 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 we're going to have a show. I talked Jack into taking Gracie's place. Jack's going to dress up like a girl? Yeah, took a lot of arguing. <laughs> he, he even threatened to kill himself. Kill himself? Yeah. George, doesn't Gracie know she's supposed to be here? Hey, you better go out front and take a look. You know, Gracie, she can be standing in line with a ticket. <laughs> Sounded like a 38. <laughs> 
you're supposed to take your clothes off first. Oh, all right, but I'm so confused, I don't know what I'm doing. Here. I got a good mind not to go through it. But you Imagine me standing out on that stage dressed as a woman. <laughs> but you promised Mr. Burns you would. Oh, all right. Here, hang up my clothes. Yes. Come in. Is this Jack Benny's dressing room? It ain't Lily Sincere's. <laughs> Rochester, who are you talking to? One of the ushers has got a telegram here for you. Thanks. Well, leave the telegram on the table. I'll read it later. Yes. Rochester, is the door open? No, but there's a button missing. <laughs> I mean the door to my dressing room. Oh, oh, oh! television shows, you know. Well, who are you working on? Eugene Autry's horns. <laughs> what? He refused to go on without a poodle haircut. <laughs> Putting makeup on a horse. What a lousy joke. Yeah, I'm not joking. Well, then wash your hands and start on me. All right. Now, uh, first, hand me your little hook. Uh, no, I mean your hands. Well, then start on my face. All right, you? lean back in the chair. Jack, how's everything? Oh, George, did you find Gracie? Not yet. George, I can't understand her. Gracie was here yesterday for rehearsal. She knew the show was on today. I mean, where in the world could she have gone? Jack, don't try to understand Gracie. She might be in Montreal by now. <laughs> in Montreal? Yeah, when she left the house this morning, she said she was going out to buy some Canadian bacon. <laughs> Thinks to get Canadian bacon, you have to go to Canada? I once told her I liked Philadelphia cream cheese and I didn't see it for two weeks. <laughs> Holy smoke, what a woman. You know, where's that basket? Oh, I'm so nervous already. What's that racket? Oh, they're plastering the new dressing rooms across the hall. Uh, say, George, there's a telegram on the table. Would you read it to me? Okay, Jack. Hey, it's from your sponsor. My sponsor, what did he say? Hey, dear Jack, arrived in Hollywood this morning. We'll come back to see you and discuss next year's contract. Oh, my goodness. Why did he have to come to town today and see me like this? It's embarrassing. What's so embarrassing about it? You were dressed as a woman in Charlie's aunt. Well, that's different. That was in one of my movies. Oh, yeah, nobody saw it. Of course not. Where'd you get it? Don Wilson. Don? <laughs> He's still round, but not so firm and fully packed. <laughs> All right, give it to me. Jack, if you want me, I'll be in my dressing room. Okay. Hey, mister, haven't you finished my face yet? Oh, I knew this would happen. I've run out of makeup. But don't worry, my assistant's going to bring me some more. Well, don't just stand there. Work on my eyelashes or something. I'm working, I'm working. Rochester, look out in the corridor and see if the man is coming with more makeup. Yes, sir. I knew we had a big job, but this is ridiculous. 
And while I was there, I heard a, a very funny joke. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> We're all up there. It had everybody dying laughing, well, you know. Well, let's share it. Well, one fellow said to the other fellow, if you don't think so, brother, then you ought to see my wife. <laughs> is this the whole joke? Well, there was some stuff ahead of it that I didn't hear, but this is the line that had everybody dying laughing. I don't think you ought to tell that. Too risque. Little naughty, yes. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about your brother. That might be nice. My bro which brother should we talk about? The one who's married or the one who's in love? The one who's in love. The, the tall one. The one with the scar on his neck. Oh, the, oh, the appendicitis scar. <laughs> Look, appendicitis is on the stomach, you see. I know, but my brother Willie is ticklish, you see, and Up so... Up Yes. <laughs> How is your brother Willie? Willie? Oh, Willie broke his back, you know. I didn't know that. Broke his back, mm -hmm. yeah. On account of his left-handed. Broken on account of his left-handed? You see, he had a donut in his right-hand pocket. You see, and when he went, reached together with his left hand... Broken back? Yeah. <laughs> well, next time he's got a donut in his right-hand pocket, tell him to try to take it out with his right hand. Well, that's hard to do when you got your pants on backwards. <laughs> had his pants on backwards? Mm -hmm. You see, he was wearing a suit... He had a suit with two pair of pants, and he had one pair on backwards and one pair on frontwards. So he could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when the truck hit him. The truck? Mm -hmm. What truck? The truck that didn't have its lights lit. Well, why didn't the truck have its lights lit? Because he had his pants hold on it, back. Hold it, hold it, <laughs> The man in the truck have his pants on backwards, or did your brother Willie have his pants on backwards? Oh, George, you're trying to confuse I'm me. I'm confusing you. Um. <laughs> Willie had his pants I on backwards. I know that, but the fellow in the truck, why didn't he have his lights lit? Because he didn't have to. It was in the daytime. <laughs> Well, if it was daytime, didn't he see your brother coming? Oh, he didn't know it was my brother. <laughs> see, he saw, he just saw two pair of pants coming towards him, and, and he they just drove right in him. Yeah. This family of yours, do you all live together? Well, there's my father, my uncle, my brother, my cousin, my nephew. They all sleep in one bed. I'm surprised your grandfather isn't sleeping with him. Well, my grandfather used to sleep with him, but he died, so they made him get up. Uh, if you please, Professor. Stop. 
Is your sister Bessie here tonight, Grace? Oh, no, Bessie couldn't come today, you know, on account of the canary is hatching an ostrich egg. A canary is hatching an ostrich egg? Mm -hmm. But the, uh, you see, the canary is too small to cover the egg. So? So, Betty, uh, Bessie is sitting on the egg and holding the canary in her lap. <laughs> She's feeling fine. Only a few nights ago, she woke up in the middle of the night and let out the most awful scream you've ever heard. What happened? Well, when she woke up, she looked down, and both of her feet had turned black. What'd you do? We sent for a doctor. What'd the doctor do? He just took off her stockings, and we all went back to sleep. <laughs> Bessie happily married? Oh, she's very happy. You know, she has eight sets of twins. Eight sets of twins. Yeah, you see, her husband used to, uh, used to make bookends for a living, and it affected their whole life. <laughs> Music. We'd, uh, we'd love to do a little more, but we're not prepared. I am. <laughs> you see, on a, on a television show... If my show, brother was here, I could do something all by myself. But my brother isn't here, so I guess I'll have to do something all alone. My poor brother. And uh, we were told oh, he that... He was held that, up the that, other uh, night by two men. Seven minutes. My poor brother was now, held up by two men. Two, two men. When they said in television... My brother was held up by two men, you know. My poor brother, Two, you can tell it by two men. Two. Two men. Two men. Your brother. Two men held up my brother. Your brother. Uh-huh. He's held up. Uh-huh. By two men. Uh-huh. Where? All the way home. Which which brother is this? Oh, this is Harvey. Oh, the one with the high blood pressure. Yeah, the one that sleeps on the floor so it'll stay down. Oh, yes. <laughs> Interesting fellow, Harvey. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not in jail anymore. I'm glad know. to hear that. You know, that's because he's such a great artist. You know, he's a painter. And it, that's kept him under jail? Uh-huh. You see, he painted a picture of an open window in his cell. I see. You see? And while the guards came in to close the window, he, he went out the, the door. door. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. Harvey is not in jail anymore. So is his wife, Rover. <laughs> Rover? He's got a wife named Rover? Mm-hmm. 
You see, when she was a little girl, she lived next door to us, and my mother told us that she thought it would be awfully nice if we called her over. We did, um, Music. dressing room. Some cigarettes are so loosely packed, they fall apart. Others have too many broken shreds and small bits of tobacco, annoying loose ends that spoil the taste. But what a difference you find 
when you remove the paper from a lucky strike, you see a perfect cylinder of fine, mild tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Long strands of fresh, clean, good-tasting tobacco made into a cigarette so round, so firm, so fully packed, you can actually see why Lucky's taste so fresh and clean and smooth. There's your proof that Lucky Strike is made to taste better. And remember, friends, you can prove that to yourself just as surely as you've seen it proved here. So be happy. Go, Lucky. Try a carton of Lucky's. You'll find Lucky's taste better. Be happy. Go, Lucky. Go, Lucky's right today. Television. <laughs> the first time I've done this since Charlie's aunt, you know. I, I can't understand how you can walk around, you women, in these shoes. I mean, where do you keep your money in here? I <laughs> of course, this thing I'm wearing inside, this, I will not discuss at all. You know? I really don't need a girdle, you know, just to hold my stockings up. That's all. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> anyway, ladies Tracy, and gentlemen... the reason you didn't recognize Jack is 